0: Good morning, we are thankful that you are here this morning. It is a good morning and this is a good crowd assembled here and we are glad you're here. If you are a member of the Saudi Church of Christ, we are thankful that you are here this morning. We enjoy our time of fellowship together and fun and as well our time of study and worship. If you are visiting with us, we want you to know you are an honored guest this morning and we're thankful you're here. We'd love for you to catch a visitor's card as you go by or go out out the door and fill it out so we have a record of your attendance. But even more so, uh, we would like for you to hang around, as Barry said already, for just a moment. Uh, You don't have to be the last one to leave like some of us are, but you can hang around for just a moment and let us get to know you and greet you because we're glad you're here. And we'd love to have you back any chance that you have an opportunity to be with us again. I was thinking this week, I think almost everyone is back in school, some of the college students may not have gone yet, but everyone's kind of back into school now, so this is kind of our first Sunday in a while that a lot of our families have gotten back into the routine of things, and so I was thinking a couple things about that, number one, as we said on Wednesday night, we would like to continue to pray for our students and for our teachers, And as someone said, yes for the parents as well. Uh, As we think about the school year that lies before these folks, we want to pray for your uh, success, for your strength. Um, for the trials that you may face both physically as well as uh, mentally and even spiritually. We want to lift these folks up as they uh, go back to school and get started back with that routine. But I thought as well about the routine that we get into. You know, we kind of find our way about getting up in the morning, getting to school, uh, going through school, coming home, our week. Uh, Sometimes it involves many things, football on Friday night, events on Saturday. But we would love for you to consider making being here a part of your routine Uh, Being a part of the Christian family, being a part of the body is not necessarily routine per per se, uh, but B, we'd love to have you with us on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock as we meet to study together and our group's kind of broken out by age and as we study God's Word, but even as well on Sunday, not only at this time on Sunday morning, but even at 9.30 as we study the Bible together then and even again on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. Consider making this part of your week and these services because there's no better place that you can be as we assemble here, you won't find a group of people that care more about your soul, care more about your life, and as we seek to do this life together, we're not only worshiping and praising God, but reaching out into the community, uh, we would love for you to be a part of our family if you, would, uh, if you would like to do so as well, so please consider as we think about getting back into the routine of school, uh, even here at this time, think about being uh, services being a part of that as well. If you've got your Bibles this morning, you can turn, first of all, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 in particular that's not going to be the main part of our lesson this morning but we'd like to set the stage here first of all by looking at second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 you know a lot of times in our life we like new things don't we we enjoy new things in our life if you told me you were going to give me a car and i showed up to pick it up and it was a brand new shiny car i would be thankful for that i'd be excited about that if you told me you are going to give me a car, and I showed up, and it was maybe from the late 80s, maybe had about 200,000 miles on it, I might be thankful for it, but I might not be as excited about it. We like things that are shiny and new. That sometimes means a little bit more when we think about the holidays and the gifts that we receive and the gifts that we give, but we enjoy things that are fancy and new. Something being new, though, is something that the Bible speaks of as well. We're going to look at an entire chapter this morning to think about that. But before we get there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We like things that are new. We enjoy that. We know hopefully that they'll work. There's some, some good things that come along with being new. And so we like that idea. And this morning we want to think about that a little bit further went too far there, pardon me, with Colossians chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, you want to turn to Colossians chapter 3 and maybe mark it or put your finger there, we're going to camp out there this morning and look at the entire chapter together this morning as we think about new life. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul gives a beautiful description of the new man that we become in Christ. When Paul says, as we looked at a moment ago in 2 Corinthians 5, that we are a new creature, we understand that concept. and In Colossians chapter 3, we see a description of what that new creature looks like. And we're, again, we're going to take a look at this entire chapter uh, very quickly here this morning. First of all, if you've got your bulletin in front of you and possibly your outline there as you want to follow along, we see in verse 1, the chapter begins, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Paul begins by speaking to those who are raised up with Christ. If a person wonders whether or not they've been raised up with Christ, or even what that means to be raised up with Christ, we can continue on with the words of the Apostle Paul. Again, maybe put your finger there in Colossians 3, and go to Romans chapter 6 for just a moment. Specifically, Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. In a familiar passage that we know that talks about baptism, that talks about being buried. When we consider what it means to be raised up with Christ, Paul gives that exact example in Romans chapter 6 and verses 3 and 4. Beginning in verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in death. Newness, There's that word again, or part of it, newness of life. Our new life begins as soon as we are raised up from our watery grave of baptism. When we think about what Paul says there in Romans chapter 6, we understand the idea of new, we understand the idea of being raised up with Christ. We think about a person who's been baptized, immersed in the water, rising up out of it. But even further, as the Bible says, we're new, we're clean. But the Bible says it's not the washing of dirt off the skin. It's not a bath. It's not getting the dirt off of us. But we do rise, again, clean, ready to walk in newness of life. And if you'll hold on to that thought, we'll come back to it as we conclude our lesson to ask a couple of questions. But first of all, Paul begins here by saying we must be and understand what it means to be raised up with Christ. But let's talk about a few new things this morning. I didn't put the verses on the outline. If you're making notes there and you'd like to write this down, a a new way of thinking is from verses 2 through 4. Colossians 3, verses 2 through 4. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Paul explains that when we are raised up with Christ, we have a new way of thinking about things. The old man thought about things in sort of that earthly nature. We'll use that phrase, that idea several times this morning, earthly nature or fleshly nature. The old man thinks about earthly things, but the new man sets his mind on things above, not on the things on this earth. We do this, Paul explains in these verses, because we have died And our life is hidden with Christ in God. The old man who was a slave to sin might have cared about fame and fortune, but the new man seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That sounds familiar. We talked about that last Sunday morning from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 we think about the, the man who would change his mind, who would seek the things of God first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the woman as well. We think about 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10, the woman that you might have been before was buried with Christ. They might have cared a lot about her appearance or about the things that she had, but the new woman cares more about doing God's will. Again, as Paul explains there to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 when we think about a new way of thinking that's a big shift for us sometimes we've talked a lot about the sermon on the mount here recently in some various ways but jesus says there are several times you have heard it said but now i say unto you there's a change there's a shift i don't know how old you were when you became a christian but maybe you remember that change Some of you may have been a young person, and maybe you weren't as indoctrinated into the world and into sin. Maybe you didn't feel like you had as much sin on your shoulders. You were a younger person. Maybe you were older. You had lived a hard life, we might say. And you think about the change of thinking that had to come along with putting to death the old man and becoming a new man. Paul says here the new man has a new way of thinking. Secondly, this morning, there's a new way of living. If you're writing the verses down, again, this is verses 5 through 7. Paul continues on. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Paul explains the evils of the way the old man walked, being full of immorality and all these different things that are listed there. Depending on the version in front of you, you might see some different words used there. But we would agree. Paul is saying here, those are the bad things. Those are the evil things. Those are the old things. But he says that the new man should consider the members of your earthly body as dead to all those sinful desires. When we think about the life of a new man, the life of a new man is vastly different from the old man. The old man did what he felt like doing. The new man does the will of God. You know, one of my favorite passages that I think about in conjunction with this is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11. through 11. Do you remember the list that Paul gives there? 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11? There's the whole list of those things. And what we do sometimes is we pick out certain words and we say, well, that's not me. I wouldn't do that. That's not not anything that I would be a part of. We see things like fornicators, idolaters, adulterers. Sometimes in other Paul's list, we see murderers. We say, well, that's not me. But if we honestly look at this list, we might see something that's been a struggle for us before. But in one of the powerful shifts that we see in verse 11, Paul begins by saying, and such were. And such were some of you. But you have been washed. You have been sanctified. You have been justified. Again, this idea, you were these things. You were old, but now you have become new. When we think about our life, when we are raised up with Christ, we have a new way of living. As well this morning, continuing on, we have a new way of talking. If you're still there in Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. How did the old man use his mouth? Well, the old man used his mouth for the things that Paul lists here. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech. But Paul says to put them all aside. He goes on to say, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old man or the old self with these evil practices. We need to remember our mouth now belongs to God and everything that comes forth from our mouth, whether that's in good times, bad times, whether that's when we're being patient, whether that's when we're angry or being upset about something, everything that comes out of our mouth should be beneficial to those who hear. If you've got your Bible there, turn back a few pages maybe to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Some of us may struggle a little more than others having a temper, but again, whether we're in the good times or the bad, or our anger gets the best of us, we need to do our best to remember that our mouth, our words, belong to God just as much as any other part of it belongs to God. You may remember the old story. I've heard it several different times about the guy who was baptized and tried to hold his wallet out of the water, you know, or something along those lines. He, he said, you know, he wasn't going to give his wallet over to God there. He was going to keep, hold his wallet out of the water. Well, sometimes we think that we can do that with other of our body parts, our mind, our heart, maybe our hands, our feet, our lips, our ears. What would we keep away from God? But when we are baptized, when we become a Christian, when we become a new man, we should have a new way of talking. Everything that we do should be, should be glorifying to God. Heath mentioned in our class this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, therefore whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. The new man has a new way of talking as well as a new way of treating others. Continuing on in verses 11 through 15. Paul says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Those who are outside of Christ might have an attitude of racism or prejudice and have double standards in their life. But in Christ, Paul says, it should not be this way. It had been made very clear that in Christ, there should be no distinction Between these different groups of people that are listed there in verse 11. We are also told, continuing on there, that the new man should be full of these different types of things in verse 12. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We should be forgivers and people who seek unity. If you were here with us last Sunday evening, we looked at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. The golden rule. Are you practicing that in your life? Do you have a new way of treating others? Because the world would look at some of those other types of rules that we talked about last week. About I'm bigger and I'm just going to do what I want. Or I'm going to just leave you alone because I would want you to leave me alone. No, the new man has a new way of treating others. And when we think about that and we think about all the different places in the Bible that it discusses that, we should be seeking to practice that as a part of our new way. A new attitude. Verses 16 and 17 of Colossians chapter 3. We should also have a new attitude. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. We should have a new attitude. You know, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 is one of those passages that if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we find ourselves in the habit of just throwing it out there at one particular time in life or in one particular discussion. You know, I have liked to read things on the internet and various things that are encouraging by preachers and and other things. And one that I'd read over the... uh, earlier part in the year was a brother that was discussing re-examining certain passages and it wasn't that he felt more enlightened or he had any kind of new idea but it was just a way of looking at it and understanding exactly what that's meaning we did that recently here in our classroom Hebrews ten twenty five. do we just toss that out at someone when we say you've got to be here when the doors are open or do we understand the benefits of being a part of services what about Colossians 3 in verse 16 We just toss it out sometimes without even thinking about it because of what we think it says or what it should mean. Paul says here we are to have a new attitude. Our new attitude should be one of thankfulness. From morning to evening, Christians ought to be lifting up praises to God, singing about how great the blessings are in Christ. You may say, I'm not much of a singer, my voice is not very good, nobody wants to hear me sing. I don't know that you have to be the one that's vocally singing, but is your life one of thankfulness and praise? Are you thinking about some of the songs that we sing and how they apply to our life and how they should be encouraging us? Everything that we do, as Paul says here in verse 17, should be done in the name of the Lord while we are giving thanks through Him to God the Father. You know, another one of those old things I've heard many preachers say is, you know, if you're a Christian, to someone who kind of has that scowl on their face that kind of looks unhappy a lot maybe you should let your face know about it you know i don't i don't think that we're going to be smiling all the time okay we get a little stressed out we get a little upset but a person who is a new creature a new creation in christ should have a new attitude about life yeah things get us down Yeah, sometimes we have issues and sometimes we fall but we should have a new attitude And while we go through the valleys, we come through to to the mountaintops and the peaks. And part of that is being here and encouraging each other with our new attitude. As well, this morning, we should have a new home life. If you've got your Bibles there, in in Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. And do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. If we are a new creature or a new creation, we should have a new home life. The home of Christians should look different than the homes and families of the world. Let me say it again, and I'd say it a hundred times if I could. The home of Christians should look different than the homes and families of the world. That's not because we're better than everybody else. That's not because everyone out there is terrible sinners and they're all being terrible people. It's because as Christians, we should have a new home life. In the home of Christians, there should be wives who are submissive to their husbands. It doesn't mean that they can't do anything. It doesn't mean that they're not helpful. It doesn't mean that they are to be put down in a terrible position. But wives should be submissive to their husbands, as the Bible says. In the home of Christians, there should be husbands who truly love their wives you see sometimes we we think about the wives being submissive but the husbands have it just as bad right because the husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church when we talk about setting that bar high they didn't get much higher than showing the love of Christ and the husbands should truly love their wives there should be children in the home of Christians who are obedient to their parents and there should be parents who are not exasperating to their children You see we all work together as a unit to share in this home life and the Christian home should be different than the homes of the world. I said I'd say it a hundred times I'd say it for three hours up up here if I could this morning. I firmly believe that that's one of the foundational principles of where we're getting it wrong in the world today and we need to start with our home life and recognize that our home life needs to be new. It needs to be different and you know what even as Paul says it very easily here for us in verses 18 through 21, it's hard sometimes. It's very hard to be different. But that's where the work comes in. That's what we should be striving to do together. Not only as a family unit together, but as a body of Christ, encouraging one another together to do what's right and to stay true to the word and to be different each and every day. If we're a new creature, if we're a new creation, then we have a new home life. As well in verses 22 through 25, the final point point this morning as we think about new things, we should have a new work ethic. Paul says, Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. The new man works different than the old man. The new man works for his master, his earthly master, like he's working for God and not for man. Again, we just discussed this even this morning in the adult class that meets in the room over here. The idea of doing the right thing every day. Of setting the right example for those in the workplace that we come in contact with for those in our school systems that we come in contact with if we are new if we are truly new and a new create uh, creation a new creature then we'll have a new work ethic because everything that we do whether it's for the boss whether it's for the boss that maybe we don't really like that much we're going to do it heartily as to the lord That goes for the workplace. That goes for the school system. Let's get back to the home for a minute. That goes at home. For home, that goes here in the church building and working together as a congregation. We have a new work ethic. And that shows. That shows to our coworkers. That shows to our bosses. That shows to everyone that we come in contact with. And as we said in our class this morning over here, somebody's going to ask eventually. Somebody's going to ask, what's different? Why are you different than everyone else? Why would you go the extra mile? Why would you do that for your coworker instead of just giving up or putting it down or walking away? And you can explain. I have a different way of looking at things. I am a new creation. I look at things the way that God would have me to look at them. And that includes this morning having a new work ethic. This morning, a couple of questions and then the lesson will be yours. Number one, have I truly been raised up with Christ? Hear me here with this question, because this is the way we started, and I told you we'd come back. Have I truly been raised up with Christ? The question isn't, have you gone down into the water? The question isn't, did you have the dirt washed off your skin? The question is, did you go down into the water and did you bury the old man? Paul says in Romans 6, he talked about it in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, chapter 5 that we looked at. He talks about it here in Colossians chapter 3. Did you truly bury the old man? Did you commit yourself to a new life when you were immersed in that water? Did you come up from that water really ready to live a new life? Because if you didn't, then maybe you need to take a look and think about your commitment. All of these new things that we've looked at this morning come from being a new creature, a new creation. We can throw water on lots of people. If that's all it takes, we could drive up and down the road here, pick a day, and all of us just take a bunch of water and throw it on folks. If that's all it meant was just having the water on you, that's kind of humorous to think about. But that's the way that some people would treat it. When you went down into that water, when you were immersed for the remission of your sins, to obtain the forgiveness of your sins, did you really come up out of that water ready to receive the, the new life, to be a new creation, to begin living for him? As I said a moment ago, it's kind of the old joke, but many many folks would rather be buried, holding their hand out, their wallet out, or something that they don't w- really want to fully commit to God. Have I truly been raised with Christ? And then finally, this morning, have I been walking in newness of life? It is Christ who gives us a new life. I've got a lesson that I preached recently, and probably may do here in the next few weeks, but about what it really means to be in Christ. It is Christ who gives the newness of life. That's where we find the spiritual blessings. But it is me, and it is you, who decides whether or not I will keep this new life or go back to my old life. Again, I asked the question a minute ago at the beginning, but I don't know when you became a Christian. Maybe it was when you were young. Maybe it was when you were a young adult. Maybe it was much older. But what did you give up? Or did you really give up anything? Because a lot of times as we get older and we get set in our ways... It was really tough to give up those old things, and we might go down to the water. We might raise to walk in newness of life. And we might make it a day or a two or a week or a year, and we began to go back to the old ways, to the old habits, to the old man. You know, I don't know that it says it much better than Second Peter chapter two and verse twenty-two, when Peter says, "It's like a dog returning to its vomit." It's pretty vivid imagery, there, is it not? Or the sow returning to the mire. I don't know about you, but that doesn't scream newness of life. That doesn't say that I'm a new creature. And that, when Peter says it that way, we truly understand what it means to go back to the old man. This morning, we should make every effort to walk in the new life that Christ has given us by having all of these new things that we've talked about. A new way of thinking, a new way of living, a new way of talking, a new way of treating others. A new attitude, a new home life, and a new work ethic. I hope that I hit you somewhere this morning, whether you go to school, whether you work, whether you stay home and you're retired. I hope I hit you somewhere because we should all be thinking about how we should be walking in newness of life. The question comes to you this morning as we're about to sing this song of encouragement. Have you ever even become a new creature or a new creation? If you're here this morning and you've never become a child of God, we would encourage you to feel the great feeling that comes along with having your sins washed away. God has given us his simple plan of salvation that we can obey, become obedient to, even to the point of being baptized for the forgiveness of our sins, and he will add us to his church. And that is a great feeling. We do go home on our way rejoicing and excited and pillowing our head at night, comforted, knowing that we have that peaceful feeling that comes from being in Christ. If you would like to know more about that plan of salvation, even this day, we would gladly study with you even today as we can make time to encourage you to think about making that greatest commitment that you can make here upon this earth. Maybe you're here and you've wandered away. Maybe you've gone back to the old man. Maybe not fully, maybe not totally, but maybe just a little bit with a few things in your life that have kind of crept back in and allowed you to have sin that enters your life that separates you from God. We're thankful for the opportunity to repent of our sin and pray, to, pray for forgiveness to him that he is faithful to do just that, that we can again walk in the light as he is in the light. But as we sing this song of encouragement, the question is to you, just as it is to me. And whether you're here this morning and you need to become a child of God, come back to him, or you need the prayers of this congregation, we'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.